1: Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the United States. And this podcast is going to be, I think, a a, a special one. I mean, we got some stuff that we're going to be talking about during this podcast that I think is going to challenge the way that you look at your social media account, especially if you're using Twitter. I mean, we've already seen right now, I'm doing this recording in the first, second, third week, something like that of January. And uh, this year 2021 feels like it's going by so fast. So I don't know when you're listening to this podcast. You might be listening to it a year from now, a couple of months from now, or you might be listening to it fresh. But if you are listening to it right now in 2021, you'll know that we've just gone through a time where the most powerful individuals on the internet in the world have had their speech censored and shut down because the technocrats did not like what they were saying well that's happened to us and i've got a good friend of mine on with us today Uh, eric hey brother you there i'm here yes hey man thanks so much uh for joining us on the on the podcast today have you done a podcast with me before
0: Uh, This is the first time, actually.
1: Okay. I know that we've done some recording. Like, when we first did the launching of DingDash.com, you and I did a recording together uh, in Vietnam about DingDash. But I realized that we may never have done... I don't think we've ever done a a podcast together. I wasn't sure, but yeah, I think you're right. First time. Yeah, first time. Well, hopefully it's not the last one. And uh, you wrote to me yesterday afternoon with... A shocking message. I was like, holy cow. Um, before we jump into that message, I, could you just take a minute and introduce yourself to the audience?
0: Sure, yeah. I'm Eric. I live in uh, South Louisiana. And uh, I've had the great honor to, uh, to work with d j for the last couple of years. And uh, Eugene had the idea of social media. Uh, the app called Ding Dash, and so I kind of joined and worked with him on
1: that, and so uh, here I am today. Yeah, and brother, it has been such a joy to work together with you. I mean, I feel like uh, we have just clicked. You and I, uh, we've traveled to different nations together. You and I have been together traveling in Vietnam. Uh, we've been to India. You have volunteered with B to J. I think your wife has as well, right? In China, she
0: she did. Yeah, she came with me. And-
1: yeah, 2016, um, you came and, and joined us on the field and spent some time teaching English to the Back to Jerusalem missionaries that were preparing to go out.
0: That's right,
1: yeah. Uh, how did you learn about that?
0: Uh, I think I was at a brother union conference and uh, ran into to Brenda at the end and just, you know, my wife and I offered our you know services if there was any kind of way we could help. We just kind of wanted to help, you know, with BDJ any kind of
1: way that we possibly could. I mean, we feel really humbled to have someone of your caliber, I mean, working together with us. I know that you are involved in the IT industry. You write software, and forgive me if I don't, you know, get the correct lingo. Uh, You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that you're working for these multi-billion-dollar companies um, down in South Louisiana, you know, helping them to set up their databases and their their um, uh, IT needs. I, yeah, uh, I think that's the best I can describe I wish, it.
0: <laughs> I wish it was that glamorous. Uh, multi-million maybe. Yeah. Um, oh, multi-million. I thought multi-million you worked for media. I thought
1: you worked for these oil companies that are that are down in uh, down in the Gulf.
0: Yeah, so we are we're like a customer of some of the bigger oil companies. We run out all
1: fields. to them. Right. Um, okay. So you're like an yeah. independent contractor then. The company that you work for.
0: Yeah, something like that I'd say. Like,
1: sure. Right. Okay. Cool. So, but I, I mean, I know that you already, I know that there are people listening to this podcast and are like, you know, I would love to volunteer with B2J. I would love to do something with B2J, but I'm, I'm super busy. I'm, you know, I work a nine to fiver and I mean, you're one of those people that you have full time responsibilities. You have a, a, a family, you have newborn babies in your, in your family. You and your wife are busy. Both you and your wife are working. Uh, and yet, you still find time to work together with B 2 J, and even go with us on trips to other nations. It's it really is a sacrifice, and um, I mean, you are one of those shining examples of individuals that really have a heart to complete the Great Commission.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that. We just look at the vision as so much bigger than ourselves, and just it's it really is the honor of us to be a part of such a incredible vision. Um, so, yeah, it, it drives us, you know, it, it helps us to, you know, make those sacrifices. So it's,
1: it's definitely not a sacrifice at all. Let, let, me, let me just move into an area that you may not be the person to say this, but I can say it as your friend and, and someone that knows people that know you as well. I mean, you're a kind person calm, loving, most of the time, quiet individual. You kind of go with the flow. You're not an abrasive, loud mouth. I mean, you're not a person that, you know, when you walk into the room, you demand attention. You're not a person that comes out, you know, trying to uh, boss people around or demanding your way. You're not a hard person to please. Um, and you don't really make waves where you go and I and I know that you may not you know want to say that about yourself because you're a humble individual, one of the most humble people I've ever met. So with that being said, I was absolutely surprised when you wrote to me yesterday and said dude, Twitter just kicked me off And when I think of people being kicked off Twitter, I mean I'm thinking of President Trump and nobody would say that President Trump is is a, is a quiet calm um angel right he's not he's not he's not the most humble individual in the world he is definitely an individual that you know wants his voice to be heard so when he was blocked or banned from twitter there were a lot of people that said no that's not right but then there's a lot of people that said yeah that kind of makes sense i mean his his boisterous attitude is just not good for the country right now. His his loud mouth activities. So there, there are people that were trying to be rational that said, okay, I, I understand that. And then everybody has those friends that you know are obnoxious on social media and they are social media bullies. And they yell and they scream. And and for the most part, brother, I'm still seeing those people on Twitter. I'm still seeing those people on Facebook. But you're not that person. You're not that individual. And so, can you tell me what happened with Twitter?
0: Yeah, and you're exactly right. I usually like to stay in my lane. I usually use social media to spread the gospel, you know, talk about the love of God. You know, um, I usually stay in my lane there when it comes to that. I guess in recent months, I've been a little bit more vocal. Once I kind of seen the, uh, our eyes were kind of open to exactly what's happening in the nation and in the world. And so, uh, you know, for example, with the virus, uh, I was pretty vocal on Twitter um, about, you know, how ridiculous everything is. you got going to spread apart in, in airports you get on a plane and you're packed together. You know, uh, you know, just the ridiculousness of what ridiculous I called out. Uh, and then a lot of things with with the election that I, that I believe was stolen. Uh, you know, I, I kind of voiced my opinion there. Now I wasn't extremely active, and had uh, thousands of Twitter followers. But you're right; it was kind of alarming that um, you know that, that I was suspended indefinitely. Being that I don't have such a I don't have a large empire uh, on on Twitter at all, and it was kind of I kind of used it like many others to follow news because you can't really get the news anymore from so, the. You know, uh, mainstream media, you can't really get what's really happening on like this. So, you know, I found people like, uh, you know, around the president's uh, cabinet, you know, people that, uh, that are close to him, seeing what kind of things they're saying, some of his lawyers, those kinds of things. Uh, that's kind of what I use it for. And then, uh, of course, I'm, I made some trouble on Twitter, with in comments, you know, like I said, about speaking out against the virus and different things like that, you know, opinions and all that. Uh, so... It was very shocking. So not only did they suspend me and uh, indefinitely and told me that I can't open any other accounts and they were deleted, but they also went in and purged all of my uh, followers, which I don't have very many, and all those that I followed. So you know, I followed quite a few people, so they deleted all that. And uh, So right before, I think it was right before January 6th, the electronic count, they started purging um, conservative users on Twitter. So I've seen a lot of people that are following there complaining. I just lost 10,000 followers today. Some people lost 20,000 today. And it was a conference for, you know, for several weeks when they were just taking chunks of their followers and, and deleting them, moving. A lot of these people were just truth tellers telling about what they see. A lot of times they had evidence of what they were seeing.
1: They were not just they were not following conspiracy theories. Uh, and they just started getting their their accounts purged. So, uh, let me let me just put a pause uh, yeah, in there for you, Eric. Um, you're, for some reason, our connection is not the best. Um, so your voice, I'm I'm able to hear you. I don't know if our audience will be able to hear this recording. So I'm just going to take a couple minutes just to kind of reiterate what you just said. Um, for those in the audience that are listening, basically, Eric said that you know he didn't really tweet that much. He was not that active on Twitter, didn't have a lot of followers on Twitter, and just became a little bit more concerned in the more recent months because of what he was seeing around the world, what he was seeing in the elections, and he started to follow individuals, especially as it pertains to President Trump, and whether you are listening to this podcast and you like President Trump or don't like him doesn't really matter to me because if president trump the president of the united states is saying something just like president biden if president biden is saying something i think i need to hear it i need to hear what he is saying because his decisions impact the world if you are involved in missions in kyrgyzstan kazakhstan china north korea iran iraq yemen it doesn't matter The president of the United States makes decisions that impact your life if you're a missionary in one of those countries. So we try to, I try to, both Eric and I followed President Trump. In fact, for those that have been listening to this podcast for a while, the only person I followed on Twitter was President Trump. That was it. The reason why I did that, because everybody else out there, I can basically find out about them in the news. But President Trump had a 95% negative coverage in the news. Now you may not like him and you might think that he's an evil person but he's not 95% evil. And regardless of whether he's evil or not, you know, I listen to President Xi. I follow President Xi. I don't agree with what President Xi has done. I don't agree with the the uh internment camps that have been set up in western China, but I follow him because his information is important to me. The the uh, both Eric and I are guys that love to get information. And so when we saw that, you know, President Trump was being censored and then eventually shut down on Twitter, that was concerning for us, especially since we run Ding Dash. And so uh, Eric was saying that he started to see friends get purged. Friends with 20, 30,000 followers get their followers purged on Facebook. And if I can, Eric, I'm just going to read this message that you were sent from Twitter because it sounds pretty aggressive. Um it, it, it says, uh, hello, your account at Christ Messenger, because, <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of person you are, right? You, you identify yourself as a, as a messenger of Christ, um, has wow. been suspended for violating the Twitter rules, specifically for violating our rules against platform manipulation and spam. So they considered what you were doing as spam. Uh, were you sending anybody private messages?
0: No, not at all. Really? Yeah, uh, not maybe at once all. Once or twice, but not not at a, a large amount.
1: Yeah, like when I think of spam, right? I think of somebody that's trying to sell me toenail clippers from Egypt, um, you know, and sending it to my email. When I think of spam, uh, I think of I think of that. Uh, uh, what is the name of that Connect group online uh, for businesses? It's everywhere. Um, I mean, I get, I get their emails all the time. I am kicking myself right now for forgetting their names. Uh, they are a, uh, it's like social media, but you sign up and you kind of give your job resume on there. Um, oh,
0: LinkedIn, LinkedIn.
1: LinkedIn, yes, LinkedIn. I want to know how do I get banned from LinkedIn? Like what can I do <laughs> to have, to have LinkedIn ban me for life and never send me another freaking email? Cause I'm always right. getting emails from LinkedIn um and that's when i think of spam that's who i think of i don't think of you know you on twitter i think of linkedin um and all the god-awful emails that they bombard my i mean i've done everything to block them they've got like the best software designer for sending out spam that i've ever seen even after i block them they find ways around those blocks i have no clue how it works anyway i would like to be blocked from linkedin let that be known uh, it says, you may not use Twitter service in a manner intended to artificially amplify or suppress information or engage in behavior that manipulates or disrupts people's experience on Twitter. I think that's funny that Twitter says you yeah. may not be engaged in behavior that, that uh, suppresses information. They are the ultimate – suppressor of information, violating their own terms. Anyway, this is the part you highlighted this in red. And I think that this, this was aggressive. It says, note that if you attempt to evade a permanent suspension by creating a new account, we will suspend your new accounts. If you wish to appeal this suspension, please contact our support team wow dude that was that was some yeah. that was an angry message if you attempt to secretly make another account we'll find you we'll hunt you down <laughs> and then we'll <laughs> shut that one down too right, <laughs> come right. on yeah i'll
0: wear i'll wear it like a badge i think i'm in good company that to-
1: Yes, you are, brother. I, uh, I'm actually going to do an article about this today because, I mean, I, I really believe that there are a lot of people that are like you that have had their account shut down. I've had a lot of friends, normal Joe blows off the street that have come from my hometown that are getting blocked on Twitter and Facebook. And I have one friend on Facebook. and it, She's a mother. She's a mother of four children. Um, she's gotten politically vocal on her social media lately. And uh, Facebook allows her to like but does not allow her to comment or post for two weeks. Wow. So, so she's allowed to like people's wow. stuff. She's allowed to not like people's posts. But she's not allowed to post a comment of her own or comment on somebody else's post. And you had said that to me earlier that, that, you know, that's one of the reasons why you think Twitter came after you, not because of posts that you were posting, but because of posts that you were liking and interacting with. Is that correct?
0: Right. Exactly.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. And and you know why? It was just about a year ago that you and I traveled together to, uh, India and Vietnam to launch, Ding Dash. And when we launched Ding Dash, we were not looking to make it, you know, a big alternative to Facebook or Twitter in America, Europe, uh, Australia, South Africa. We wanted to make Ding Dash a social media platform that would be available to those that are in closed countries. And we did, but just because we're able to see in front of our face, we did point out that Facebook and Twitter and Google and YouTube and, and, and Amazon have been collecting information on people. And you and I both said that's gross and it's something that we would we don't want to necessarily participate in. And so we did point that out as a benefit of DingDash, that we don't collect your information, we don't store your information, we don't sell your information, we don't share your information with government.
0: All right. That's exactly right, um, and you know Ding Dash. We don't we don't make any claims that we're the most secure in the world, and, and uh, it, you know that's kind of not where you know like you got Telegram and all encrypt everything. But our thing is that we'll never abuse your information. Uh, you're you're truly free on Ding Dash.
1: Yeah, that and that's been our point the whole time. And a lot of people write to me and they're like, "Wait a minute, I thought Ding Dash was secret." That if I write something right. here on Ding Dash, are you saying that somebody from the Chinese go- – what would stop somebody from the Chinese government from logging onto to DingDash and monitoring my account? And I say nothing. Anybody can right. log on. Just like everywhere else on the internet, anybody can log on and, and follow or watch anybody else. But the thing is is that on DingDash, you have certain settings that can help you become more secure. You can, you, We have an amazing blocking uh, setting that if there's anybody on mm-hmm. DingDash that you don't like, you don't see them at all. You block them, that's it. They're gone from you, uh, you're gone from them. Um, we also have a privacy setting where your account can be pretty private where nobody's able to see what you're doing or saying or posting. Uh, but we are open. We are a, uh, a free platform where people from around the world can sign on and express their views. And uh, we are a free speech platform. And we allow people to speak freely. So we're not going to, you know, here's the thing there's a lot of people say, that are saying right now, making an argument and saying, well, uh, one of the problems right now is that free speech has limitations. Free speech has limitations because it's dangerous. As we saw on January 6th, there was a riot in D.C. And those riots got people killed. Guess what? There have been suicides live on Facebook. There have been rapes live on Facebook. There have been people that have filmed their murder live on Facebook. I remember a certain famous actress that picked up a severed head of the president, Donald Trump, and showed blood dripping from his neck as if she had just sliced his head off of his body and decapitated him. And that was available on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and social media. And it's available yeah. today. You can go on there. So when we talk about inciting violence or being used to coordinate, and see, this is one of the things that um, for the people that have been listening to Ding Dash, or I'm sorry, listening to the Back to Jerusalem podcast, um, one of the things that we have talked about when it, as in regards to Ding Dash is that we want to have freedom. And when we see freedom suppressed, it's usually not for suppression of freedom. Oh, that's the argument that's used. But it's often to benefit somebody politically and financially. And we have seen both in the suppression of posts on Twitter. One of the things that we have seen with Twitter and Google and Facebook and Amazon is that these guys spend billions with a B on uh, campaigns, they spend billions on sending their voices to Capitol Hill to help write laws in their favor. And then they spend billions coordinating to make sure that any alternative media platform gets shut down. And so when Parler became a main threat, it wasn't because they were being used for January 6th communication. Actually, in the court of law, there are zero communications that were taken pictures of that can prove that parlor was used to coordinate the January 6th movement. And, and, oh. and, and by the way, it, when people look at the January 6th movement, that was for a few hours. When we look at what took place in the summer, the fall, and the spring of 2020, we're looking at weeks and indeed months of protesters firebombing federal buildings daily, nightly. We see individuals with guns taking over entire city blocks like we see with CHAZ, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Where individuals with guns secured areas, bombed out a police department, took over the region, fenced it off. And anybody that wanted to go in had to show an ID to a member of a militia group checking that ID. And and inside of Chaz, we saw murder, we saw rapes, we saw robbery. All of that taking place in an area that was controlled for months by a militia group and they were allowed on Facebook. They were allowed to tweet. They were allowed to put up YouTube videos. They were allowed to use their Amazon accounts. They were allowed to use websites that were hosted by Amazon. So save me your bullcrap when it comes to parlor is this group that is being used by activists that are dangerous. All right. When I see groups that are marching in D.C. burning down churches, burning Bibles, burning flags, attacking people, we know that at least 19, we know that there was probably more, but at least 19 solid people died from these Antifa Black Lives Matter protests. And their accounts are not just going live on, on Amazon and Twitter and Facebook. Indeed, they're actually being sponsored and supported and promoted and algorithms are given in their favor so that more people can see their posts. So this alternative media like Parler, like Gab, like Ding Dash, I believe is very important for freedom of speech because once you give power to somebody to decide what is bad speech, you also give them the power to delete good speech once you give somebody the power to say what is truth you also give them the power to embrace lies and make you swallow it i am not for anybody being forced to be a christian i am not for anybody being forced to read the bible i'm not for anybody forced to live in a society that has to abide by the bible i believe in freedom I believe in freedom of speech. I believe in freedom of press. I believe in freedom of assembly. And I believe that the Bible teaches those things. And that's why we see freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of press are really only respected in Christian foundational nations. Nations that embrace Christ and the Bible as the cornerstone of their culture. Are the ones that actually are dealing with free speech. Dude, we're not dealing with free speech issues in Saudi Arabia. We're not dealing with free speech issues in Turkey or China or North Korea Mm -hmm. or Cuba. Twitter, Facebook, Amazon are catering to these countries, and those countries don't even let them exist. In their borders. China's not opening the door to Facebook any day soon. They're not opening the door to Google any day soon. So what these countries are actually doing is adopting the same policies as China with hopes that one day they will be able to have access to the Chinese market. I believe that yeah. pretty strongly. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I went off on a little tangent there. Please, anything that I say that you don't agree with or, or something that you want to expand on, go for it. Yeah,
0: you know what what's telling to me is whenever Twitter's stock started plummeting after everyone was jumping over the parlor and and gab they didn't even blink and that tells me that the money is low of no concern to them and of course they, you know they have billions of users uh but they didn't try to appease to their you know they didn't try to appease to any of their customers and, and that tells me that it was, it's, it's all about power this thing goes beyond money this thing goes beyond uh you know about them making a fortune this is all about power
1: yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And that is why they are in bed with a lot of politicians. We had in 2020, yes. January of 2020, those of you that want to go back to the Back to Jerusalem archives, I welcome you to do that. Go back. Test me on what I'm saying. On in January of 2020, I wrote the top 10 most dangerous countries for Christians today. Did you ever read that, Eric? Did you see that?
0: I did. It's
1: been a while ago. Yep. Okay. So on on uh, backtodruslam dot com in our archives, I put up a a dossier, if you will, of a breakdown of the top ten most dangerous countries for Christians in twenty twenty. And mm-hmm. I there were a lot of people that were surprised when I put North Korea as number three. I put Somalia as number uh, yeah. as number two, and I put oh, social right. media. As number one and people came out and they're like Eugene this is ridiculous I mean come on you may not agree with social media you may have some issues with social media but really as bad as Somalia as bad as North Korea do you think that Facebook is ...putting Christians in gulags? Do you think like Somalia... ...Facebook is taking Christians... ...and and executing them... ...by by, uh, slicing their head off? And my response to them was... ...no. I'm not saying that Facebook... ...is physically hurting people. What I'm saying... ...what makes Facebook even more dangerous... ...than North Korea for Christians... ...what makes uh, Facebook and Twitter... ...even more dangerous than Somalia... Is the power that they have to change the life of all Christians around the world. Not just for Christians in Somalia. Not just for Christians in North Korea. Yes, I will concede because I've been there. I've been to North Korea. Yes, I will concede in Somalia because I've been to Somalia. That things are worse off for Christians in Somalia than they are in the United States. But the Somalian Christians are limited The reach of the Somalian government is limited. Mm -hmm. The reach of Kim Jong-un in North Korea is limited. The reach of Facebook and Twitter and Amazon is unlimited. They influence all of our lives around the world. And who elects them? They're not elected by anybody. Nobody chooses who their leaders are. You don't even get a say. They wrote to you and they said to you, hey, Eric, if you got a problem, Here's where you can, you know, repeal. You can't repeal. Twitter doesn't have a phone number. There's no 1-800 number that you can call and talk to somebody. You can't even go to their headquarters and speak with somebody about this issue. There's no Facebook number. If you are uh, upset at Facebook, go ahead. Go look for a phone number that you can try and call. They know that your emails are absolute garbage. They can block them. They can ignore them. They can open them and, 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 and laugh at them during their lunch break. But you you mean absolutely nothing to them. They get to do what they can do. And here's the thing. They know that the government's are not going to hold them accountable. The, the, the European Union, I have to give them, I have to give them uh, uh, applause on this. The European Union are holding these guys' feet to the flame. Now I don't agree with all of the protectionism that's taking place with the European Union against these corporations. But I also don't agree with these corporations having a monopoly on the system. Then controlling mm-hmm. government legislation through their lobbyists, and their lobbyists are receiving billions of dollars per year. Uh, you, have, yeah. you have you have you uh, have corporations like Google. Most people don't know this. Google buys at least one to ten companies every single day. Yeah. New companies, new businesses, every single day is being bought out by Google. Do you think that Google? isn't benefiting from the lockdowns? Do you think that Amazon isn't benefiting from the lockdowns? Do you think that Facebook and Twitter aren't benefiting from these lockdowns? They love the lockdowns. Why do you think that when anybody writes anything bad about these lockdown policies that you're being blocked and doctors, With degrees that treat people on a daily basis. You as a listener might say, you know what? I don't agree with those doctors. I'm listening to my doctors. I'm listening to my community. I'm listening to my country's officials. And I say, good on you. I'm I'm not saying you need to disagree with them and listen to me. I'm saying we as a society need access to both sides so that we as individuals can monitor what is being said and decide what is best For our own nation. And I've told people this many times. Do you think for five seconds, if coronavirus made your genitalia fall off, that men, especially men, would not do every amount of research possible to protect themselves? They don't need the government (laughs) to tell them what to do, what not to do. Government does not need to impose a lockdown. If your male genitalia was falling off, males would not need the president to say you don't need you cannot leave your home. They would not leave their home for five seconds. Why? Because they would evaluate risk versus benefits because we can do that as human beings. And in the beginning spring of 2020, most people said this disease is very dangerous in this risk benefit evaluation. I'm going to lock myself down for me and my family. We flew to a remote area and stayed there for several months. Because we felt that the risk was just too great to be out. But once we started to uh, be in society, we saw the Swedish regulations where people were very open, no masks, stores stayed open, churches stayed open. And, we we felt that, yes, there's a risk. Yes, we can get sick. My wife's family got really sick. My wife's father was hospitalized. One of our, our board members for Back to Jerusalem was put in medical-induced coma because of this disease. So I'm not saying that it's not real, and I'm not saying that the risk is not high. What I am saying is that we evaluated the risk, and guess what, guys? I have chosen to travel almost every other day. I'm you know leaving the continent next week. So um, I, I say all of that to say that who do Facebook and Twitter think that they are to block our speech? Yeah. And when they do block you know, the it, speech, it just so happens that it benefits them. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah to your point about the power, the, the massive power that Facebook has, I think they, they probably have more power than all three branches of government. But whenever uh, Sidney Powell was... Um, looking into the the election fraud and all that, she followed the money and she followed the money to the tune that Facebook had uh, given half a billion dollars and they they gave this money to swing counties and like in in Maricopa County in Arizona, uh, you know, some in Michigan and all those swing states. a Half a billion dollars they were given to these election officials to different people. I don't know who who was uh, pocketing all this money. But that is, a serious, that is a serious issue. That is some serious power and reach there that they can take a little you know, election um, manager from you know, some small county and say, here's a million dollars, and this is what we want you to do. Throw away these ballots, keep these ballots. And they have the ability to uh, greatly influence the election with, with their money. And that's, that's a very scary thing if those allegations um, you know, really turn out to be true.
1: Yeah, and that's, there are people that are listening to this podcast right now and saying, Eugene, you're a mission podcast, not a political podcast. Why are you getting into these elections? I'm not really getting into the elections, guys. What I'm doing is pointing out that you might see an election fraud situation here. I see a Christian free speech situation brewing because what yeah. has happened— Uh, Many people that are listening to this podcast right now, I have family members. I have fellow Christians that I work together with. We have individuals that work with Back to Jerusalem that would say, guys, the election fraud was already disproven. And I would answer and say, no, it hasn't. It has not. What you have been told on social media is that it has been disproven because the the, the technocrats have decided it so. And whether I believe Fraud took place or not is irrelevant.
0: Yeah. It
1: should be allowed for people to present evidence online to show things that they feel are not right and unjust in our society. Um, th- yeah,
0: there was a uh, there was an FBI agent that wrote a book uh, called uh, some, "The Naked Communists" or something like that, and he offered forty five communist goals for them to take over America. And foreign military invasion was not one of them. The way they do it is through one of the, and it's on their list, is to taking over the media. And uh, so, you know, could there be some foreign, you know, interference through, through social media? It, it seems like the stage is very set. You know, Facebook has made their, you know, their opinions on all those things, you know, very, uh, you know, out in the open. You know, like you were saying earlier, With the free speech, they, uh, you know, here I am, a little guy in Louisiana, you know, tweeting some things that might make them mad, but then you got the Ayatollah of Iran uh, tweeting that they want President Trump to die, and how long did it take for them to take that battle? So you can see kind of their, you can see that they are just kind of spreading their communist wings in many different areas, many different realms, and it's just happening at an alarming rate.
1: Yeah. When we talk about communists on this podcast, just know that, you know, Eric has lived in China. I've lived in China. I've traveled and spent quite a bit of time in Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, North Korea. I've been in communist countries for extended amounts of time and I recognize certain characteristics. I recognize certain behaviors. So I'm not reading into it. I don't think that Eric and I are individuals that are wearing tinfoil hats and and developing conspiracies. Um, Eric actually works in uh, you know IT on a regular basis. He's one of the hackers that attended the hacker conference, and he's the main person behind DingDash.com. And we made it a decision from the very beginning that we wanted to have DingDash.com to be open for Christians in closed countries to be able to have a freedom of expression. We believe that God gave us freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. Uh, We believe that God gave us freedom of speech. Notice that in the Bible, He does not make anybody follow Him. Notice in the Bible, He does not make anybody say anything. Notice in the Bible that you are free to say what you like. Oh, we have commandments that tell you that there are certain things you shouldn't say, but you are free to say them. You're not free from the consequences. And that's the thing about free speech. You have to embrace the consequences of your speech, but you're free to say it. You're free to say the speech. And that's why Eric and I got together and we created this with a few other people, dingdash.com. And with dingdash.com, you'll notice that we have a little uh, speech bubble as our icon. And in that speech bubble, we have Morse code for the word Jesus. And the reason we call it dingdash.com is because during World War II, when you have uh, allies communicating with one another, many of them used Morse code. Morse code was the way to share information with your allies in enemy territories. Guys, Eric and I believe that we are living in enemy territories today. But it's not for you to fear. Yeah we do not share this information for you to get scared. We don't want you to dig a bunker. We don't want you to become a prepper and go out and buy a million different things so that we want you to be wise. We want you to be prepared for when society goes to hell, but we also want you to know that these are the signs of the times. What The the words of Jesus will not go without being fulfilled. The Bible has predicted that these things will happen. What should we do as a church? I believe that we have to go about our father's business. Uh, but, and you might be saying, well, we're doing everything, but the government keeps winning. We're doing everything, but the, uh, Facebook keeps winning. We're doing everything, but Amazon keeps shutting us down. When, when, when you lose your argument, stand. When you lose your nation, stand. When you lose an election, yeah. stand. When you've done all that you can do, Stand and let God do the rest. We have a great commission that has been put on us. And what is that commission? To preach the gospel to every tribe and tongue until all of them have heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Guys, that has not happened yet. And that is our job. And our prayer is that Ding Dash doesn't become some right-wing, left-wing conspiracy uh Talking channel, but that it becomes a platform of free speech to preach the gospel, defeat the enemy, and bring about the return of Jesus Christ.
0: That's right. We even have uh, Antifa on there. I do not even believe the account.
1: <laughs> <We> <laughs> no, yeah, on. that's right. We have Antifa <laughs> that has joined on and followed me. Um, somebody by the name of Antifa joined on and, and signed on to ding dash and, and guess what? They have freedom to go about and you might be, Hey, they need to be protected. Sure. Eric and I just had a meeting just to kind of, you know, uh, let you guys as our listeners know, Eric and I just had a meeting last week with a, with a lady that is helping us with, um, you know, setting out the guidelines and, and, uh, and we spent about two days going over, you know, the guidelines that we should have for ding dash. And Eric can let you know that we walked away from two days of meetings saying that no guidelines. (laughs) Let's be (laughs) reactive, not proactive when it comes to guidelines. Why? Because we're not, we don't want a bunch of rules. We don't want a bunch of rules that tell people what they can say, what they can't say. Screw that. That's what, let other people do that. They're like, well, you have to do that because you might be legally responsible as a company. What company? We're not a company. We're a ministry tool. That's what makes Ding Dash different than everybody else. We were looking at registering Ding Dash as a company, but we decided, let's not do that. We are a ministry tool to preach the gospel, allow Christians the freedom to share their ideas and thoughts, complaints and moans, share it with other people, share their experiences with their family without restrictions. The only restriction that I put in place was this May it be the same as Singapore. Your freedom stops. At my nose, meaning that you do what you want. But when your freedom imposes on my movement, then that's not freedom anymore. You can, Your freedom cannot impose on my life. So anytime we see anybody on dingdash.com imposing on the freedom of others, that's when we will interact. But at the moment, say what you want. And, and if, for yep. those of you that want to complain and you know raise your hand and tattletale and say, look, over here, Amazon 3677 uh, just said a really bad word on Ding Dash, then block them. <laughs> then block right. them. Now, right. of course, if there's porn advertisements, if there is death threats, violence, yep. violence, violence uh, threat, yep. then that will be dealt with. Why? Because that your freedom stops at my nose and when your freedom imposes on the freedom of others then that is no longer freedom that is colonization and we don't allow i think that that's probably the best way that we can put it we don't allow colonization <laughs> we should put that on that's ding that's dash right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're allowed to be free but you're not you're not free to colonize
0: yeah exactly
1: so, oh, hey, brother. Um, I am saddened that you were kicked off Twitter. Um, I am saddened that you have been blocked, but I'm happy that you came on and shared with us. I think that what you have done has allowed many others that might be listening to this podcast that might also be blocked know that they're not alone. They're in good company. Right. That's right.
0: It's, uh, like I said earlier, it's a badge of honor in these yep. times.
1: Yeah, I really think it is. I think that you and I, brother, are made for this. I think that we're made for this day. This is why we were born. This, Not just this. I mean, we have other reasons why we were born as well. But this is one of the main reasons we were born. We were born for this fight. We were born for this battle. And it is up to us. I mean, I don't see any other ministry right now providing uh, free platforms for people to speak.
0: Right. And, you know, it was very timely uh, for this, this vision the Lord gave you, you know, a few years back, a couple years back, whatever it is. Uh, and seeing where we are now today in, in the thick of this thing, you know, it's, it's really exciting.
1: I didn't even think it was possible. I did not believe in God enough to see Ding Dash come to fruition. Uh, when we had our first Hackers Conference, people came together. Some of you have already heard this story. Some of you have not. Um, Just a kind of a brief overview. Basically what happened was we had these, these hackers that came from all around the world and I presented different challenges to them. And we tried to figure out could these hackers all together find solutions to these daily challenges that we were facing at Back to Jerusalem. These guys flew in from all around the world to give of their expensive services to help with the mission. And, and at the very end, like I didn't want to bring it up because I felt like I was going to be laughed out of the room. You ever, you ever sit in a room full of really smart people that are a lot smarter than you and you feel like even your questions are too dumb to ask because they're, they're just general knowledge for everybody else. I mean, it, it, that's how yeah, yeah. I felt. Like, uh, So I said, you know, guys, I know this is a dream. I know that this is not possible. And So, I mean, I kind of presented it as a doubting Debbie. You know, I was like, I know that, cool. you know, but this is just a vision. Would it be possible for Christians to have their own social media? Because in China, in North Korea, in Iran, we do not have access to these things that have given us a lot of, uh, a, a lot the, uh, is, is, Increased our ability to be able to communicate with one another like Facebook. I mean, even though I'm talking trash about Facebook, even though we're talking trash about Twitter, guys, these two companies have been amazing for the church. They have benefited the church. We've been able to spread the gospel, connect with individuals around the world. The idea of social media has been amazing for Christians. And it's been a great tool for helping to complete the Great Commission. But it's being perverted and changed and transformed. And so when I saw that, I thought, would it be possible for us to do something that would allow Christians in closed countries to also have the same benefits that these platforms have provided to to Western nations around the world. And Eric was one of those guys. We had Eric, uh, Calvin, Benji. Calvin. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. was like, hey, let let us work on that. And before we even left the conference, you guys already had something up. Yeah. So DingDash was was, already operating. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? Everything with DingDash has gone, I mean, I'm going to say this, from my point of view forgive me if i insult you at all but it feels like it's come pretty easily in the way that yes ding dash has been hard for you you know you've put in all these little mechanisms you use ding dash as the as the foundation but you've made custom changes to the program itself to meet our needs but um, we were able to have a working mechanism of ding dash up before we left from that hackers conference at the hackers conference for 2020 we said wouldn't it be great if we had a um an app a ding dash app before we left from that meeting we had a ding dash app available that has happened that hasn't happened with any of our other projects yeah that's
0: right
1: so it's just, it's just been a godsend. Brother, you have been a godsend. I thank God for our paths crossing. And if you are listening to this podcast and you are wondering what Ding Dash is, log on. You can go into your browser. You can download the app and check us out at dingdash.com. Dingdash.com where we offer free expression, free speech on a platform for Christians around the world. Eric, brother, it's been a blessing. Thank you so much for being with us on this podcast.
0: All the pleasures all mine. Thanks for having me on.
1: God bless you, brother. Have a good morning.
0: Later, brother.
1: And I want to thank you for joining us for this Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of America. And I guess we can kind of say that this podcast was sponsored by dingdash.com. Dingdash.com, where Christians go for freedom of speech.